So uh, when we start these things, I usually like to start off with a little bit of drawing. So here's, uh, here's some of our warmups for today. Uh, let's see, hopefully we're live on YouTube. Not yet. That's a, yeah, I wonder why. Now we are. Oh, we are now? Yes. Cool. It's just been delayed by a minute, by a second or so. Very cool. Well, anyway, so like I was saying, uh, you know, good morning, everybody. And, you know, let's start off with some drawing, get warmed up. So um, a lot of times we, we draw these ellipses. <laughs> It's so hard to draw. Anyway, if you hold it, you know what I mean? You, it makes it like perfect, you know, but that's not the point. You know, it's uh, the point. <laughs> the point is just to get warmed up. Um, and so uh, something that I like to think about is this relationship. You know, if you, uh, if you think about an ellipse, right? It, yes. Awesome. You have to have a short axis and a long axis, right? So this one's the long one, this one's shorter. And so the ellipse should fit, forget the like notes that I'm taking here. But anyway, this sh it should fit, right? In this amount of space. Ah, there. Something like that, right? Anyway, what you can do for your sketching practice is draw a long axis, right? And then draw a short one. Make sure that they are perpendicular, like right angles. And then you can sketch your ellipse. Ugh. I always get like, uh, it's painful, right? There's a bit of suffering <laughs> whenever you do it. <laughs> there's, something, uh, there's something nice about that though, I, I think. Right, something nice. Oh, so that's not that's not parallel right there. It's like there's a, like a an angle there, two and acute angles there. So you want to practice that. Practice getting the close to like a perpendicular as you can, and then sketch in. But you know, it's a sketch, so you got to give yourself a little bit of grace, some understanding. But just try to get this fluid your relationship down, just don't worry about it too much. Especially if you're sketching something, right? You're gonna wanna like stay loose. Sometimes you're gonna wanna draw these um, geometrical shapes. Funny. Um, but yeah, so but keep on, keep on practicing them. Keep on working on it, gang. One of those things. Enjoy it, right? Enjoy this bit of the process. <laughs> um, well, I do. I, I like the, you know, I like the torment of it. Oh my God. <laughs> I guess don't worry about it overlapping. That, that was what I was, I was like, ah, I was worried about it over there, right? But yeah, eventually, you know, you can, take the training wheels off as it were, and then you can just 
have a beautiful elliptical shape that you draw, right? And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you have a good time. Um, yeah, good morning, Jason. So great to so great to see you in the chat. Um, if this is working for you, let us know that it's working where you're at, and then also you can you know let us know where you're beaming in from. That's awesome. Um, right. So, good morning, Amber. So great to see you. Good morning, James. Um, I'm gonna run through these uh, announcements and stuff like I the obligatory announcements that we do. So thank you so much for hanging in there with us, everybody. Uh, right. And uh, welcome to Guy Atchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are all encouraged to join in these live stream and real world events. Um, if this is working for you again, you know, let us know. Tag somebody who's interested in tattoos. That's always very cool. Um, you can leave your positive feedback in the comments. Also, like and subscribe because uh, that really helps us out. Encourages us to keep going, right? Uh, we beam out nearly every single day. And with your help, we've become a quality network of live and on-demand tattoo and art-related shows and content. Um, you can... Uh, you can find Reinventing the Tattoo at these places, the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store. There it is, the app, right? You can get the app, get you right into the Reinventing community. Uh, very cool. Um, we also have a YouTube page, we have a Facebook page, or YouTube channel, Facebook page, Roku. Um, you can find us a lot of different places. There's also a podcast and uh, you can find us on all the major podcast directories, including Apple and Spotify. But just remember, you can always find the latest and greatest at reinventingthetattoo.com. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'd like to plug real quick. There's courses here. That's why you come, right? <laughs> There's all kinds of educational stuff here. That's what this is about. This is about education. And so, you know, just click on this courses link right here and you can find all different kinds of offerings uh and you can also ask guy questions and he actually responds to you you know what i mean it's very cool so um you know so of course like check this out um and if you're interested in any of the offerings um be sure to be sure to become uh, a member cool so um we could certainly talk about some of the upcoming shows and stuff. Um, so on Sundays on here on Reinventing at 1 p.m., we have Skill Building Sundays hosted by Jason Leeser. That's followed at Mondays, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern, uh, Drawing for Tattooers. That's this show, and uh, you've made it. So thank you for coming. Uh, also on Mondays at 11 a.m. we have the tattoo now show um that's followed at 9 p.m. oh sorry don't forget robbie's show let's talk about feelings robbie ripple at 5 p.m eastern on mondays uh make sure to check that out and then uh at 9 p.m eastern on mondays we have the subscribers exclusive drawing group on uh see on thursdays we have uh 
the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast hosted by Fawn Baker. And there's all kinds of other programs that, that do come up from time to time. So you know, make sure to, to check out the schedule for more. Um, and now we'd really like to thank our sponsors. So beginning with World Tattoo Events, worldtattooevents.com. It's the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. Lots of updates as conventions are rescheduling like crazy. Um, and so uh, to find out uh, what's happening in your neck of the woods, be sure to check out worldtattooevents.com. Tattoo Now. Tattoo Now is technology for tattooers, the leading edge in professional development management and digital tools for tattooers of all levels. Uh, there are CRM and uh, mailing list software. Um, so you can check it out and certainly ask for Gabe. He'll get you all hooked up. Uh, and of course, we'd like to thank Guy Atchison for being the founder and inspiration behind Reinventing the Tattoo. You can learn more about Guy Atchison by visiting guyatchison.com, where you can find uh, paintings, custom prints, tattoo machines, as well as learn about Guy's story of being a painter and his journey through the tattoo world. A couple of events I'd like to plug. Um, the High Lifestyle Show, that's this week in Boxborough, Massachusetts. So if you're gonna be in the Boxborough, Massachusetts area, be sure to check out the High Lifestyle Show. Gotta be over 21. <laughs> so, um, but uh, it's, it's gonna be a really fun show and there's gonna be tattoos. I'm gonna be there, Vaughn Baker will be there. So um, come see us, come get a tattoo. That would be awesome. Um, the Paradise Tattoo Gathering. Paradise Tattoo Gathering is happening again, everybody. So um, if you're gonna, if you're gonna be there, uh, come by and say, hey, there's gonna be lots and lots of fantastic events, seminars, and then also tattooing and stuff going on all week. Look at this, what is, what is going on We're here? Doing a black and gray seminar specifically oh. on the techniques of non-portrait black the superstition. So that's about uh, learning how to have effective texture control so effective cool. tone control come check this out it's really going to be a, it's going to be a blast um one last little thing i want to check out uh with y'all is uh the alliance of professional tattooists the apt you can learn more uh, about the apt at savetattoos.com um if you are a professional tattooer you should you should really consider joining and then also um there's all kinds of new things that are on the horizon for the tattoo industry, especially in uh, the United States. So um, the APT is, uh, is leading the way. It's an organization uh, that has tattooists best interests at heart. So um, consider joining. Uh, yeah, and uh, with that, good morning, everybody. We've got Amber, we've got Spirit. Morning. How you guys doing? Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, can hear you. Oh, sweet. Morning, morning, Amber and James. Morning. How's everybody's week? So far, so good. Excellent. Things have been crazy, so I'm happy for a nice, calm day. Excellent. Um, 
things do get crazy from time to time. And uh, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, like we were just saying earlier, right, you know, we're, we're trying to draw those, uh, those warm up exercises. <laughs> there's something about the crazy that we can maybe we can, you know, enjoy, you know, maybe there's something about it that's actually, you know, exciting. And, you know, that anxiety well, we feel is that, that energy. Could you say that one more time? I don't, I didn't, I don't think it came through. All creation is born of chaos made, you know, simple. So without the crazy and the chaos, you don't, there's, there's no inspiration or creation. You know, that's right. Um, uh, spirit. Yo. That tattoo go the other day. You, you shared a tattoo with us and um, I thought it, I thought it was, I thought it was just stunning, spectacular. Oh, food. thanks. Thank you. You talking about the birds? Mm-hmm. The birds and oh, the flowers, yeah. and it was just, it looked really beautiful. And Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so I didn't, what, what you saw the video, mm-hmm. um, that was, um, that was where we left off for the, for the evening. Um, I didn't get a chance to really go into the flower that you, um, I just line. I just line. I just gray lined it, but uh, no, nah, it came out dope. Let me see if I can. Uh, a, uh, if I could, I wonder if you could bring it up on the text. I'm sure that I. I'm sure that I can talk amongst yourselves while I work on this uh, this bit of tech. So <laughs> cool. So what's up, Amber? How you been? I'm I'm good. Making you still um. Basically. Mm-hmm. Are you still um you still working on your, your apprenticeship or what's going on uh, with that? Uh, my mentor and I parted ways. Yeah, I remember. I remember. So are you do are you kind of doing anything um in the interim? Yes, I do have a couple professional tattoo artists still teaching me, but not mm-hmm. in a professional apprenticeship sense. Mm-hmm. And at this point, that that's my third apprenticeship in the last twenty five years, oh, and I'm yeah. a tattooer. So I'm looking for more of like a junior tattoo artist working apprenticeship position. Just mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a thousand hours in. So you guys have to have a thousand hours too. Two thousand. Y'all gotta have two thousand. Two thousand hours. So, is it two thousand hours of like apprenticeship, or is it two thousand hours of like tattooing? Um, the way it kind of works in New Jersey is your apprenticeship takes at least a year because you got to put in the two thousand hours, mm-hmm. and part of the year is spent, you know, in your curriculum learning to tattoo, and then you start tattooing. So you become a working apprentice. Okay. Okay. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, I could, I could see that's it, it. It's one of the, it seems like it's a long time, but you know, time flies in your head and fun. Yeah, uh, Caroline Evans, uh, who is part of the APT, the Alliance of Professional Tattooists. Um, she's in New Jersey. She talks about this all the time. That there's a there's a real disparity, specifically in New Jersey, with 
how many hours that tat like uh, cosmetic tattooists yeah. have to receive in order to get like a certification versus what's termed as the decorative tattooist, you know, everybody else, if you will. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't seem equitable, you know, mm. so, um, and, uh, you know, this, this makes me think about, like, I'm just talking about the high lifestyle show. It's in Massachusetts. And, uh, I, I have to, I'm taking a course right now on anatomy and physiology. I have to get a certification that I've taken this course in order to be able to tattoo there. Um, mm. so every single place, every single county and every single state is different yeah is a is there's a patchwork mm -hmm. of difference that you have to navigate if you want to you know you want to do your apply your trade and your craft depending on where you want to be and so it's um it's challenging to know where to go how, how to do these things um, my other idea is i've been researching grants for single women of you know a you know a higher age looking to start a business, and I'll just open my own tattoo shop, hire a couple really good tattoo artists, and get them to teach me how to tattoo. Hell yeah! I mean, it's, that's been done too. You know, teach me how to tattoo. Right. And then I can get my 2,000 hours in and sell the business. Because I really don't want to own a tattoo shop. I just want to be in somebody's shop and do my thing. I'd work for you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. That's the thing, though. I'd have to. I'd probably have to start my 2,000 hours or whatever. <laughs> if I were to go there, I'd have to, I'd have to figure out how to get that. I know, I, you know, it's like, it is, it's very difficult. And I know... Uh, I know creatures talked about that a lot. Creatures had all sorts of obstacles. Morgan, isn't know, she? With with her shop, so you know, I think there's a uh, so, so everybody has, you know, something that they have to. Yeah, I believe in Oregon. You have to go to tattoo school that you pay for yourself, and then mm. get a. Wow. Well, um, yeah, it is a, it is a patchwork of, uh, of various sorts of like obstacles to overcome. Well, I hope you all can see my screen. Yes. Uh, here's uh, mm -hmm. here is this tattoo that spirit did. We were talking about it earlier. Um, it's very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Thanks good. And I can certainly see some of that, uh, that neo-traditional flavor you were talking about, especially like in the bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bird. Anyway, so that, yeah, back there in the, you know, the upper left, that's that gray line flower you were talking about. Um, and so I'm, I think that that is, it uh, was a probably like a really, you know, wise choice just to sort of start with you know you may end up like you could always add some more outline to it if you decide that that's going to like you know be necessary or whatever um but you could also allow it to be sort of soft and fall back and so i, I think mm -hmm. that was really that was really like sort of that was a really smart uh sort of way to go 
give yourself, you know, yeah. some space. You know what I mean? So absolutely, because you know when I when I when I sent it, you know, in the group, I was just saying, I was just like, I just it was just I, I was just I was just like, I, I, that flower was just bothered me. It was just bigger than the other bird, like you said, you know. Um, and uh, just making it smaller, it did it did definitely do uh, the trick. I, did, I just didn't want it to overpower the birds. And, um, I didn't really even know that this bird would be darker than the other, but once I started doing it, I was like, oh yeah, this makes sense. So, because it'll provide a nice kind of contrast between the two birds. Yeah, excellent. Um, yeah, so then there's a rhythm, you know what I mean? To the different sizes, there's a rhythm to the different levels of of value that you're using. And so, um, and there's a nice flow. There's a lot of flow that's happening. That upper bird is darker than the other one, really lends itself to the fact that that branch, the darker one is on, is back further than the other branch. And it lends depth. Mm. Yeah, that's what's up. I didn't think about that. Well, but um, yeah, they, I mean, and I'm I've really been trying to work on my saturation like that. Um, like if I would have, you know, the, the things that I learned recently, that blackbird would probably not look like that. Um, um, it just it just took like it took like maybe five six hours to just do that one bird. Like before, it would have taken me like an hour and a half, thirty minutes. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> but now you know, it just you know, I'm just sitting there just. Going back and forth with my with my mag, you know, just doing layering and just building up, build, building up those layers, just pushing those grains of sand. I like that metaphor. Mm -hmm. Is that a is that that's a Kyle right? Is that a is that a Kyle Olson ism? <laughs> no, um, but I well, we just kind of came up with it together though. You know what I'm saying? Nice. Like it, it's you know, um, I. I it, we, we were talking about it and I was like, is it, is it kind of like pushing sand? And he was like, that's exactly what it is. I was like, yeah, fuck it. You. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, he de Yeah. We definitely came up with it together. Absolutely. Well, it reminds me of that old uh, legend, right? There was that guy named Sisyphus and he rolls the rock up the hill. Mm -hmm. Right? Have you ever heard this? He rolls the rock up the hill. When he gets to the top, what happens? It falls back down. The rock rolls back down. So he's got to mm -hmm. do it again. <laughs> and so I like this. Uh, I like that notion. Like, you know, it's that he's happy doing that. Mm -hmm. right? but, uh, he's enjoying that. It's a, you know, it's a sort of a suffering in it. <laughs> this sort yeah. of, you know, it's this labor you have to, you have to continue to do, but you know, you, you find an enjoyment and this is what I do, you know? So like you say, yeah. Are you suffering, so. Yeah. No, There's well, definitely a lot of suffering in art. I'm not, that, that's <laughs> true, Amber. You know. Well, this, you know, I actually, I, I you know, very recently, uh, you know, uh, a client of mine, very cool dude. Um, he's like a theologian. And he's also has a lot of experience like with, uh, you know, comparative religions. And so he finds Buddhism very interesting. And so he's, you know, he mentions that like within Buddhism, that desire yeah. is the root of, you know, suffering, 
right? So mm. because you desire stuff that you suffer. Um, and so the, the idea is like you get rid of desire and then you don't suffer and, and, and this sort of a thing. And, uh, and so and part of religion has a very similar core. One more time, say that again. The Taoist religion has a very similar core to it. That, you know, desire is the root of suffering. I, I think that I don't disagree with this. And, and so a part of what I was hoping that we could talk about today, but, you know, is psychoanalysis. Psychoanalysis doesn't disagree with this idea either. Mm. But where it does depart is this, this notion that we, that we actually do want to desire like we desire to desire and so in a way we want this suffering <laughs> that's a part of it it sounds crazy but it's, it's our unconscious sort of drive that we actually really want to continue to want stuff right and and this makes i think it's illustrated in the fact that my you know my client was there sitting in the chair desiring to get a tattoo and going through the suffering of getting it you know, it's like, you know, so I think um, uh, it, it just makes sense, right? It just makes sense uh, in, a, in a certain way. And so the, you know, what I, what I wanted to, what I wanted to touch on and what I had shared with, uh, what I'd shared with all of you last week was an article. We'll link it, um, we'll link it into this, to the description. Um, let me see. I think. I'll, I'll show the article. Hmm. One more time. One While more we're time. waiting, I, yeah. I'd like to just uh, say that I think that like I've kind of had some experiences with that lately is just the, you know, kind of surrendering to the way that my artwork is going to look as opposed to kind of trying to force it. You know, but that there then there is a desire in there to have it look a certain way, you know, so it is a balance, you know, I'm, I, and, and I've been kind of trying to figure that out. I don't know if I ever really will, but, you know, it, it's a dance, you know, it's a dance. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, so. Uh, this is the article that I shared with everybody. We'll put a link at the description. Um, Dr. Uh, Carologian. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's my best, it's my best attempt. I, I may be butchering uh, the good doctor's name, but, um, but very, uh, but very fascinating sort of insight into the tattooing practice. It seems like to me that in many ways, you know, this doctor may not have any tattoos. I'm just speculating here, but she talks about her experience with some of her patients. So she's a practicing psychoanalyst. And so her patients get tattoos and she has, you know, so she has really done some research. So I wanted to sort of share this research, this researcher's research with you all. And certainly like this is geared probably more towards psychoanalysts and towards like, you know, uh, therapists and, and this, you know, this crowd, but, as tattoo artists or as tattooers, I think that there's a lot of things that kind of ring, you know, familiar with, with some of these insights. And so it'd, it'd be good if, if we also know about some of these ideas. So, um, 
what I did was, uh, what I did was I just sort of, I picked a few sort of passages to kind of to go over. And I was hoping that we could all, you know, chat about them. Um, and, and so certainly if there's any, you know, if there's anything that's like, that's interesting, feel free to stop me, <laughs> you know, or also, you know, I'd love to love to talk about stuff. I mean, there's, there's some things that like, you know, I can't claim expertise in all these areas. However, um, there might be some stuff that like we could, we could find fruitful in a discussion. So um, anyway, in the article that we're talking about, there's a, uh, you know, this, this doctor has a patient who, you know, ends up seeking tattoos in order to feel better, right? In a way. And so therapy. Right. Tattoos is therapy. What I've always, I've always been resistant to this. Um, mm. But I think that I'm, you know, I think the reason is because it's, it always seemed like there was this conscious choice on people's part. Like they wanted to come and get this thing and they wanted it to be a specific image or whatever they want consciously. But what this article really explores is the idea that there are unconscious motivations at work in the decision to even get a tattoo in the first place. Um, and that's, it's very, it's difficult to understand, you know what I mean? But it's also, you know, I think it's very fascinating, right? So, you know, I'll start with this first passage um, and we'll see what we think about it. So Dr. Kirologian says, uh, the manipulation of one's own skin through tattooing represents at an early level an attempt to experience a holding and circumscribing object in a very concrete way. In doing so, tattooing shifts an unbearable affect into the painful injuring of one's own body, so making it bearable. Uh, what, is, what are we talking about here? Well, you know, it's like, there's a lot of different reasons why people might decide to get a tattoo. But I know often people get them at times when they are feeling a crisis, you know, if that makes sense. Sometimes someone has died, right? And they are sort of processing that loss. They get a tribute tattoo or something like this. Um, and so there's a certain way that like hurting your own body somehow makes you feel a little bit better. And, oh, uh, I really understand that. Yeah, I'm so glad, you know, that you say that, Amber. What are you uh... doing myself? Mm. And I, Cora, I, I joke that I'm a tattooer, not a cutter. <laughs> you know, people have the you know, compulsion to cut themselves when they're upset to feel better it's the same premise as getting a tattoo it gives you that release of that chemical that's building up that's giving you the anxiety and the depression yeah that's interesting because i don't tell i've tattooed a few cutters that say the same thing you know well, they used to cut but now they can afford to get tattoos so they get tattoos over their cuts and then i guess yeah. they'll know their new thing they get the same relief and the same sensation as they did when they cut, but now something beautiful comes from it. 
Yes. That's exactly the, yeah, that's exactly the point that there's something magical about this, you know, image that sort of emerges out of the, out of the process. So here's what we can say, like, certainly there are, there have been cultural practices of scarification and contemporary contemporary scarification body modification in that in that realm some of this is i think i think extraordinarily beautiful i you know i really do and then you know a lot of times it seems to boil down to patterns and stuff now if someone out of sheer you know like in despair is trying to hurt themselves that is a totally different way yes. of going about things but under the, you know, like with a practitioner, tattoo artist in this case, who was going to apply the tattoo in a safe way, uh, of course, with consent and all the, the rest, these, this is a, you know, again, this sort of substitution in this, in this terminology, a transitional object that helps us, you know, to sort of like mediate whatever it is that is uh um that is unbearable right it's a di like unbearable it's your suffering yes this is a different kind of suffering mm -hmm. that is becomes a new uh way to go about it um so i think so the next passage goes on you know once the injured skin has healed the tattoo is tacitly and sensorily integrated into the body um so Reference to Freud here, reflections on the physical rootedness of the ego sees the skin as the fragile border of the self. Um, by injecting color, we're going to like strike through injecting. That is not the term that tattooers use, right? But certainly like, you know, uh, depositing might be, <laughs> we, we, we deposit the color, we deposit the ink. Um, so, but um into the skin, it's associated with pain. The tattoo artificially causes dermatitis, which must heal over over a period of several days or weeks before the finished image is created. During this period, the injured skin must be cared for, anointed, and specially treated. At this level, the process to represent an early deficiency and to make up for it through one's own activity, and on the other hand, could be seen as an attempt to concretely repair the body image right i mean that's interesting it's like you hurt yourself and then you know like you have a motivation to take care of yourself after that yeah you take care of that tattoo otherwise it's not going to heal well and then it's not going to look right does this make sense mm -hmm. there's a there's a real motivation you have to care about yourself and your body again and so yeah uh, and that's something most people don't do is self-care in any way so this forces you to give yourself a little bit of self-care. Uh, I, some people don't take care of their tattoos. I'm like, you know, it's like, we can't say that always is this way. It's not a, it's not a, you know, a, like universally concrete. It absolutely happens this way, but we all must, if you get a tattoo, you have to, you do have to take care of it, whether you choose to do that or not. Um, but this is an opportunity, let's say. For, and that's maybe a big part of the therapeutic part of this idea, you know, it's, um, okay, so 
what's the what is this show we're we're drawing for tattooers what are we talking about well you know we're <laughs> i i think that like uh, there's something important here right if you are you know if you're interested in tattoos there's there's something here i think and additionally you know if you do them you're gonna run into customers who are you know we're, they're they're searching for something right they're trying to they're trying to find something out about themselves. And so um, I think it's, uh, again, the, there, there are many reasons why people get tattoos. So this is not to say that this is exactly the, you know, some sort of blueprint or this is specific to every single individual's experience. However, um, you know, if you're doing tattoos, uh, you know, and you, sort of run into these uh, instances, it might very well be uh, something that you feel, um, you know, something that sounds familiar to you. Um, and so, yeah, this idea that, you know, so the doctor says dermatitis, right? That there's a sort of injury that happens on the skin surface, like your skin represents this limit to your inner self right? There's, you know, there's what you feel like is you on the inside. And, it, and it's like the limit of that is like, you know, the surface of your skin. Um, again, you, you end up having this wound, this sort of illness that like manifests itself. Again, if you have this unconscious sort of feeling that doesn't, you know, it, it's, it doesn't, it's not visible all the time, right? You know, like whatever it is that's bothering you may not be visible. This becomes a way to make that visible and then you can care for it and it might be a way to you know to accept and it might be a way to sort of you know end up coming to terms with uh with certain experiences certain ways of of uh you know certain things that you have uh you know you have to deal with because we all you know we all... working through vulnerabilities Could you, could you expand on that a little bit for us? What do you think? If you get a tattoo that means something to you, it's obviously an expression of part of your personality and part of your experiences. And say it's something that, you know, or a loved one that's passed away and you haven't dealt with your vulnerability over that grief. You get the tattoo that represents them and you take care of that tattoo. You feel like you're taking care of yourself and your vulnerabilities because it's manifest on your skin. It's easier for you to take care of it than it is when it's inside and you can't see it. That is so. In so you're saying that that this thing that I'm going. OK, so it's like it makes it real. It makes it like, yeah. it brings it into reality. Yeah, it makes it a tangible thing you can see when you look at yourself. That it, is as, Say that again? Except that the scar is beautiful rather than, you know, just a mangled mess of flesh. Mm -hmm. That is... You know, what's interesting, because um, I was talking to a therapist about that, and that kind of reminds me of, um, it's like, meant like one of the ways to dislodge 
a memory that bothers you is to turn it into art is to right and what what one of the things that that does is she was saying that the the long-term memory is back here in the brain mm. and the short-term memory is is up here so when you turn something into art it brings it up here and then you can forget it yeah it, it brings a long-term memory into short-term memory and then you can forget it you know so yeah so so what you're saying like that makes so much sense to me that you can let things go finally. It's almost like a, almost like digestion, right? You're kind of, you know, you're all backed up with these things you can't get rid of. The process of the art right. is the digestion of the idea or the memory. So interesting. Oh, hey, Creatures Cave, good morning, Creature. Um, probably uh, heard us talking about you earlier. All good things, of course. So, but, uh, but feel free to join us. Yeah, yeah. I, had a, <laughs> I had a phone call. It just sort of just showed up on the, <laughs> the live stream. But I think it was some, you know, does anybody else get uh, scam calls too? Is that just me? Maybe oh, it's just yeah. Me. No, it's not just you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I hate that. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's, it's nice. Somebody's thinking about you, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. don't nobody call my phone, but my wife and them scam, them spam collectors. Every once in a while, if I'm bored, I'll answer. <laughs> and then like start talking like a four-year-old or I'll start talking really dirty to them and they'll hang up. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Gotta cause a little trouble once in a while. Mm. Gotta do it. You're right. That's right. Yeah, get into get into trouble sometimes. I think that's um, uh, that's what we're talking about too. I think on a on a conscious level, right? What well, we I I for me, I don't feel I I I don't feel like I'm a perfect person. I don't feel like I'm complete. And I desire stuff, right? I lack. There's things that I lack. And so I want, you know what I mean? I desire things. I believe that others feel this too. That's, a, that's what I yes. do. Um, and so on a Could you say that's the last sentence again? Well, then you I- You believe that you lack something? I, I lack things. There are things I don't, there are things I don't have. There's uh -huh. things you don't have, you know? There's yeah. things that you, and you recognize it. I don't have this. I don't have that. Um, and because you don't have everything, you know, like mm -hmm. you had everything, you know, if you, if everything was perfect, right. It would be, you wouldn't want for anything at all. And it, it would essentially be nothingness, right. You would, mm -hmm. you, you know, it would be nothing. Um, so on a conscious level, you feel like you want to have this sense of completion. You want things to be, all smooth all the time. But like we were talking about earlier, unconsciously, you actually want to want things. You want to keep on wanting things. That's that's a drive that you have. So we sabotage stuff, right? In order to keep things going. This makes sense when you think about procrastination, for example, 
right? Like, <laughs> why would you procrastinate anything ever? Because you feel anxiety because of your proximity to getting something's almost done or something's like way too far from being done. It's the same kind of, this is the same sort of like path that we're talking about with going through this tattooing, right? There's a certain amount of, again, just this, this desire uh, to want something. And, and so what I find interesting, I know that it's true for me and maybe you can relate. I know certainly with, uh, with, with clients, I, I, you know, I'll, 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 you know, observe this when I'm getting a tattoo, a lot of times I'm thinking about the next tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've ever felt that way before, but I certainly hear it in the chair all the time I'm doing a tattoo and the, and the customer says, I'm going to get this next, <laughs> you know, yeah, what yeah, is that about? Yeah. You know? I'll get that makes you see all the places you don't have a tattoo yet. That you lack, you lack your tattooing, right? You don't have it. You don't have this tattoo there. Um, and even if you had everything tattooed, it, it's not tattooed twice. You know, I <laughs> you gotta do it again. It's not tattooed four times. I gotta do it again. So on and so forth. I don't even have my legs covered yet, but I already know what I'm going to use as filler once they are. This is something else that uh, Dr. Karologian talks about that oftentimes, or it can be that you actually, you know, think about getting, you think about, about getting the tattoo before the notion of what the image is going to be. Mm-hmm. You actually are mm-hmm. considering what it is, you know, that you that you want this object. You don't even know what it is yet. It hasn't even it hasn't even crystallized in your mind of, that you know this is what you're going to, you know, you're going to do. For instance, so I, you know, I think that is uh, these are things that might be intuitive or that we sort of see it in ourselves or see it in our clients, but to see a, you know, to see it sort of analyzed in this way, I think it, it's, it's, it's confirmation. Like it helps you confirm like, yeah, this I know, and this might be important in so far as what it is that, you know, what it is that we're doing here. Um, but again, there's no, you know, like this is not easy stuff and some, you know, it's not easy stuff and uh-huh. we're not gonna, we're not gonna know. I don't think because Right. Like we're not going to know because our clients don't know either. Right. And nobody, nobody knows it all. Right. There's always going to be every, you know, everybody's in the same situation, uh, like in a certain, certain way of looking at it. Um, so uh, let's see here. want to move to a move to a new section that I think might be sort of interesting and maybe spikes spark some more conversation. So from another piece uh, of Dr. Karologian's work, um, uh, she talks about the the picture portrayed by the tattoo is a component in the stage of ideographic representation. One might conceive of tattoos as dream images projected onto a screen. The skin um, so especially in the conjugation of Winnicott's notions of potential space, don't worry about that. Um, 
uh, tattoos function as a dream image, as dream image patches to be applied to the surface of a balloon to prevent air from escaping. Uh, so symbol formations as an activity of the ego attempting to deal with anxieties stirred by relation to the object. That is primarily fear of bad objects and the fear of loss or inaccessibility of good objects. What, what that sort of means, what I'm, you know, what I want to try to paraphrase or try to like, you know, uh, synthesize out of that is that, you know, again, we, we talk about that lack, you know, you feel like there's something missing. Tattoo in a way symbolically sort of covers that over, right? Just like if you think about a hot air balloon that's like losing air, you put a patch over it, a tire, whatever. It's like you put a patch over it that helps to stabilize, right? So there's an, there's an idea that we, you know, that we have, a, uh, we have an ideal sense of ourselves, an ego, right? But there's also an ego ideal. There's also like this ideal sense of what one is supposed to be. One is the one that you think about yourself. And then the other one is the, you know, the thing that you perceive that the world is telling you, right? So when you look in the mirror, right, you see yourself reflected back and there's a certain, you know, way that you think that you are. It's a way that you present yourself and there's a way that you, you know, um, again, that you probably sort of think, well, I need to do this and I need to do that, right? But that's kind of informed by the way you think that society wants you to be or whatever you give value to, whatever, like whatever it is that you give value to. Maybe you're sort of, uh, you know, you're, you're into subculture, like tattoos or something, <laughs> you know, you're like, hmm, I really need more tattoos so I can fit in better or whatever. But it's funny, it's like you want to fit in, but it's also this self-expression. Um, but I, you know, it's, again, it's kind of, it's so fascinating as far as like, how does this, how does this work? Um, and uh, I think what, what this is trying to say is that we're trying to, we're trying to sort of mediate between, you know, um, having, you know, feeling like, feeling like this sense of like loss, abandonment, things that are, you know, things that could get taken away versus things that are too close. Things that are, you know, that like your responsibilities you have, the things that you, you know, the things that you actually have to, to do, the things that are putting pressure and weight on you specifically, right? Things that you, things that you wish you could have versus things that you were like burdened with, right? There's a, there's a certain tension that all that stuff, you know, it just puts on you. And so the sense of you, your, who you are, again, is sort of informed by what you, what you believe the world to be. And it's very difficult. Again, like a hot air balloon, right? It's sort of, there's a pressure inside versus like whatever the pressure is on the outside. Right. And it's that relationship that will cause it to rise and fall, you know, but it has to be, a, you know, there has to be a surface there that, you know, that is able to retain the, all of the tension, all of the pressures and stuff. And that's mm -hmm. essentially, that's what this is saying is that the tattoo serves that function, at least, you know, so there's a symbolic right, for you, right. And, and for others, 
right? And but then there's also an imaginary way, right? You for you, it feels like it's doing this thing. It actually does things for others, right? They read your tattoos, they see them, right? And then also for you, it does the thing as well. So there's an interesting kind of uh, uh, game, if you like, right? <laughs> it's kind of a game, yeah. Played. And what's real is, you know, the things that actually, you know, that actually take place there, how you're actually treated, how you actually, you know, behave, comport yourself in the world, so on and so forth. Oh. Ah, creatures joining us. Um, Creature. Creatures here, everybody. Um, yeah. Well, uh, Creature's connecting to audio. Creature, good morning. It's so great to have you. Feel good free morning, to everybody. I, uh, everybody can hear me okay? Yes. Wonderful. I'm sorry. I, uh, I overslept. I was up tattooing all night, and uh, it went really well. Thank you. Um, kind of slept in, forgot to set my alarm. Good morning. This Good is morning. a fantastic conversation. What what book are we reading and what's what's going on? So we're, you know, we're actually talking about, this is the research of a, is a, is a practicing analyst and she has, you know, experience with, with patients of hers who receive tattoos while they're in, while they're undergoing analysis, while they're going undergoing treatment, and so oh, I love that. Yeah, so from these experiences, she's done this research, uh, and then also relates, you know, because there's a long history of research into tattooing. It's it's as a you know, it's fascinated researchers for a long time, and so there's a there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of context that we can give here. But what I found interesting is just simply this, uh, um, the parallels that, that seem to sort of emerge. I'm reading this stuff and I'm thinking about like, I'm doing tattoos all day and it's like, you know, I'm seeing these, I'm seeing these sort of things recur, right? Amongst, mm-hmm. amongst all, I'm, almost, almost everybody in certain ways, there are these things that sort of, that keep recurring. They take different forms. But there's there's something you know there's some sort of structure that that seems to be sort of that seems to be there, and um, you know that's what's interesting because it's also it this is you know getting a tattoo as as everybody knows hurts, right? There's all there's always going to be some pain, and even if you get totally anesthetized from it, you're still going to have pain after. You can't escape it. You know what I mean? It may be too much in the moment. Like I wouldn't want to get, you know, like my teeth yanked out without some anesthesia. So I, you know, I, mean, I like getting, I like, I like the sensation of getting tattooed as well. Even, you know, even when it's intense. And of course, when you're in it, you're like, oh, why am I doing this? <laughs> Everybody's doing I take cold showers every day. So, yeah, I used to do that too. Yeah, I go yeah, from cold kind of to ice cold every single day because, well, it helps. 
the the when I tuned in to the conversation, you guys were um, uh, some of the things being talked about, like uh, a tattoo. Uh, the 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 lady said in the book it was like a band aid on a balloon. Right. That that part right there, I thought that was fascinating, and uh, what brought me to jump on was um, so uh, a reoccurring theme, uh, the script. Everybody gets script. We all know this. It's not my favorite. I'm, I don't think people should treat themselves like notebooks. Um, but with what you just read, that kind of changed my mind, to be honest. I never understood why people got names of their kids and things on them. I mean, that's just me. I mean, I do them, but now I understand why. So I tuned in to say thank you for that. Thank you for, for uh, you know, for that. Thank you for saying that. I think that's, this is exactly why, you know, I wanted to talk about this because, you know, uh, again, it's, there is a collaboration between the, the client getting tattooed and you as the tattooer. Um, and sometimes it can feel really alienating, you know, like, why am I doing this? This isn't my style or this isn't the, you know what I mean? Again, if you, you know, if this is something, you know, you, you absolutely disagree with doing, you shouldn't, you know, you have to remain sort of loyal to your aesthetic sensibilities. You have to remain loyal to your, you, you know, the things that you value and stuff, but even, you know, it's a spectrum, right? And there's going to be stuff that you're going to be asked to do. You're like, well, this isn't exactly what I do, but I got to do it. You know what I mean? That's, that's mm -hmm. life. And so again, there's so many reasons why people choose the things they choose. I, I believe what we're trying to say is like that you can't always know and even if they give you a reason, it still isn't the reason, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, they get their kid's name. Right. Like it's like, it's like, they don't even know why they're getting their kid's name. You don't know. And they, they don't really know either. Not all the way. There's a lot of conscious reasons, but then there are these unconscious ones. And that's a part of what we're, we're delving into today as we're trying to think about like, you know, we're drawing conclusions to that. <laughs> we're drawing speculative maps about what it is for tattooers All right drawing for tattooers in, a, <laughs> in this way um so, well along with this book uh fawn last week on tattooing 101 recommended drawing on the right side of the brain i love that book i i do as well now i i've I've, I've consumed a portion of it. I consume books. Hmm. <laughs> I like books. What did you get out of it? Great brained. So that book was I'm sorry, Amber. Said I'm a lefty, so I'm already right brained naturally. So that book was very interesting. Absolutely. I, I could definitely see how a uh, left left brain person would love this. Sorry, my dog is distracting me. He's pooping on my driveway. <clears throat> Why do they poop on your driveway? Anyway, um, 
Okay, so drawing on the right side of the brain, basically, uh, Betty Edwards talks about how uh, the left and the right both have their different compartmentalized functions and how they work in unison, but the school system doesn't really teach the right side of the brain, which is more creativity and things like that. Left side being the plan, the logic, the, you know, the forward, I got to do this, 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 and this. Um need right-brain people to work in their factories. They need left-brain people. Exactly. Exactly. So Hmm. uh, she did a study. There's a whole bunch to it. Uh, I could take over an entire uh, class with this. But nonetheless, she showed that anybody can draw, and all they have to do is tap into the right side. The book is full of different exercises that uh, allows a person to do that. Um, the more you progress through the book, the better it gets. You start off with drawing some things upside down so the brain doesn't know how to um, label them, if you will. And by the end, you're doing um, cutaways and things like that. Uh, it's more like sculpting on paper, really, because you, you lay the ground down and then you erase and then draw the uh, image out of that. But it, it's, I don't know exercises for the right side of the brain which causes a person to think um i don't know more clearly gives a deeper insight in the day-to-day life it's fantastic book and i'm glad vaughn read it and that's what i did this weekend anyway thanks no i love that and i love ideas i think that um uh I, i think that that is so valuable Right for us to you know to to bring our ideas together and to discuss them, especially as it relates to the thing that we love and that we do all the time. Mm. So, yeah, you know, I didn't mean to end up giving a book review over the thing, but no, thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, um, seriously. Yeah, um, that's, that's exactly what I am hoping to spark. Right, that again, we we want to, you know be very you know uh mathematical technical i mean these are things that you you do need right you have to you got to do your budget you got to pay your taxes i mean you know like like it or not right you got to do you have to um you have to negotiate prices on stuff i mean there's all kinds of ways you know i mean that you can think about how uh you know how uh important it is to be analytical however being creative is such a, a challenging activity. Why? Because it entails some level of destruction. <laughs> it entails, like Amber was saying earlier, it does entail some level of, you know, there's a, there's a sort of a chaos at a certain point. At the end, it's, you know, like, a, you know, the, what we might sort of deem as successful creativity might appear to have some sort of design or pattern to it in some way. Like it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a sort of resolution that starts to emerge out of all of that troubledness, if you like. Even destruction can be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Have you ever had the uncontrollable urge to throw something through an old window? <laughs> yeah. Just because I was looking at you look wrong. 
And the satisfaction <laughs> of watching that shatter pattern and hearing that crack, even that's beautiful. From her explanation, you, you've never done that before, right? No? <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Right, right, right around the side, I can tell. Don't throw rocks through windows, people. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. I think this is very similar to our earlier conversation when we were discussing the differences between somebody getting a tattoo versus like their, you know, their like their destructive cutting of their body, right? Where we're not advocating anything, you know, like like self-harm, except for with within the sort of the context of a, you know let's say almost, you know, almost shamanistic kind of practitioner, right? That's gonna help you, you know, engage okay. in this, like in a controlled setting with consent and with, you know, with the best sorts of, uh, you know, technology possible. By a professional. Absolutely. And, and this is what analysis I think is also trying to do, is trying to help you sort of you could say deconstruct, but all you know, but knock down some of the conventions that you have built up. You know, throwing the rock through the window. I mean, putting a tattoo on your pristine skin. You know what I mean? It's uh, or not. You know what I mean? Or not like pristine. <laughs> you know, there's a there, there's a there's all there's a whole sort of spectrum there. I believe that's kind of you know, again gets to this idea like we're not gonna know. Because there isn't, you know, like, because no, and and that's and that is at the core of it, the unknowing that is, that is like, that's the universal bit, right? Not that it just can't, you know, not that we can't just know it, but it's, you know, it's, it's always, it's always sort of like moving into these deeper contradictions, for instance, right? You can get to a resolution, but that stage only leads to more contradictions to more sorts of more questions right you can answer your questions and you can get to that next sort of level of you know of knowing and but then you're going to you're going to find that there's another ah there's a new set of questions there's a new set of mysteries and that is i think knowing that is can be really helpful right why do we get tattoos well <laughs> there's a there's a lot it is a big question um so let me let me read this last little bit uh, it's it's a little long but i think it you know i really like this this last you know passage and, and then we can chop it up a little bit so what we can safely ascertain is that tattooing constitutes an unconscious visual projection of the situation present in the analytic process, expressing in the transference crucial internal conflicts. In Walter Benjamin's word, quote, image is that wherein what has been comes together in a flash with, uh, with the now to form a constellation, unquote. The tattoo is something of a dialectic snapshot of the state of maternal and paternal relationships, desires for intimacy and distance, commonality and difference, identification and individuation. In dialectics at a standstill, as uh, Benjamin 
so famously describes the dynamics of an image. What appears most significant for the visual image of the tattoo is the need for stasis and immutability. As if the standstill produces a degree of stability, this inner stability is threatened by the unconscious fear of potential violation of a taboo, which renders abandonment and fusion anxieties unbearable. Tattooing thus represents a marginally successful attempt to create a transitional object by conjoining the actual manipulation of the skin with the symbolic creation of an image. The effort is akin to patching up holes in a transitional space and the attempt to reconstruct it. So even though the primary distinguishing characteristic of the tattoo rests in the conscious awareness of its function as an expression of individuality, we also have seen simultaneously it strives to bring about the exact opposite. That is to enlist the visual image as a way of establishing identification in emulation of the relation to the targeted objects. It is a veiled expression of individuality in the form of a fashion statement. This invites us to, to cautiously speculate about whether the popularity of tattooing results from the fact that it is fashionable or whether it is fashionably fashionable precisely because it is often the manifestation of a psychodynamic constellation. Right, uh, so <laughs> I know that was a lot, but That's I think what, what we can get, I, I would like to repeat one bit. Um, and that's what uh, uh, Walter Benjamin said, right? That um, image is that wherein what has been comes together in a flash with the now to form a constellation. We are trying to represent these experiences, right? And then, and, and an image is what we project out there. What, what it is that we, what we see when we look at things is, a part of the constellation that is that is formed through, you know, your experience and your relationship to, right, yourself and to others, and so um, uh, even though the, the 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 characteristic of the tattoo rests in the conscious awareness of its function as an expression of individuality, we have also seen it simultaneously strives to bring about the exact opposite. That's interesting. Right. I like that. We we get tattoos to be a part of an in-group, but also yeah. to exclude others. This that sounds crazy, right? But it mm -hmm. different it differentiates you. Those that have tattoos and those that don't. But then within our own circles, right? There's the people who have the type of tattoos that you have and the people that don't. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're into like old school traditional type of stuff. You know, maybe you're not, <laughs> you know, um, there's a, a, so it's, it's very nuanced and there's a lot of subtlety to it. Um, but it's, uh, again, there's a, you know, we're emulating others, but also we're distancing ourselves in certain respects. We know this to be true, I believe, but it is also, um, um, it's so interesting when we hear it sort of you know, uh, described in other words, if you like, right? And somebody else is almost a different language than we, you know, than say, you know. Yeah, we almost, speak. yeah. It's, it's almost like yeah. another language, but it's like, there's certain way. It's like, yes, that there's some, there's something about it that rings true. And then maybe there's parts mm -hmm. you disagree with. I think that's totally, I think that's totally, um, 
you know, valid, right? That not all this is going to be exactly always the case, but. Um, yeah, but she has a very interesting, you know, um, perspective too, because if her clients have tattoos that she really gets to psychoanalyze them and then, you know, kind of form an analysis on what everybody's saying, you know, I mean, she's just as much as a part of the process as us, the creators are. I mean, we don't, we don't do tattoos for us. You know what I'm saying? We do tattoos for that psychoanalyst. You know what I'm saying? We do tattoos for everybody else's pleasure. So, you know, her opinion, I think is this is valid. It's quite fascinating. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Yeah. I think she kind of touched on a subject that I think she should have probably given more attention to. And I realize they're talking a lot about the subconscious reasons for tattoos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some people get tattoos to bring about change. Mm -hmm. You know, to affect them mentally and emotionally and subconsciously to bring about a change in perspective or a change in thinking or an end to an era and the beginning of a new life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Phoenix tattoo. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I do a lot of sigil and rune and other magical tattoos that, you know, I put together with my client to li literally affect the change that they want. And that shit works. Yes, you it know? does. Like, whatever type of magic, that, that, that stuff works. Mechanical spell casting is very powerful, especially when the symbology is nailed on in the right location on the body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let me read one quick thing. I, you know, we jumped over it, but I think this this may like sort of like point right at what you were saying, Amber. And so, you know, uh, so just the you know the that quote just above. Um, Carologian says that tattooing is an attempt to demarcate and anchor a position in the relationship to reach a place where mutual differences and commonalities may exist simultaneously. Like the need for indigenous peoples to identify with a totem representing a protective parental figure or divine power, the contemporary desire to seek refuge and protection under the aegis of a parental figure in, uh, endures as the motivation for having oneself tattooed. Thus the practice of tattooing in Western culture is not far removed from its practice as it exists in other cultures. So we know that like yeah. what you're saying that tattooing has been associated with, you know, uh, with rites of passage, with mm -hmm. magical protection. That's what she's saying also. And just like Amber, you're saying also that there is a relationship to that in what we do now. That yes. It, that it actually is the, that, that it's the same thing. You know, it's not, it's not far removed from this practice of like, you know, it, it signifies a, you know, almost a, a coming of age because it's, you know, it's a, it's like an initiation in certain respects. It's a, it's mm -hmm. a passage. It's painful. You have to go through that barrier and then you have this thing. And then additionally, you know, it's a, it can make you feel powerful at times, you know, it, it really can. Um, and then of course it can do the exact opposite. Ben Shaw, who's, uh, you know, who's like a, a board member of the uh, APT, he, he did a very interesting and important uh, 
dive into this, you know, into human trafficking and the way that tattoos are used within that, within that like domain. People are sort of marked as property and so on and so forth um, because of the power of the tattoo, right? So again, like you're saying, it has to be, you know, it, 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 there's, a, there's a real spirit in which it is applied that determines its affect on us yeah. and, and, and everybody else. I absolutely agree. Um, the it like the Japanese culture and how at certain points it was uh, it would be an, a criminal act to be tattooed, or if you were a criminal, you got a tattoo by your government uh, as punishment, and so on and so forth. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. And it's so it's, you know, in that way, it's this thing we do every day. And it's can be easy to forget. But there's a lot of responsibility we have. Do you guys refuse to do um, racist and hate tattoos? Because I, I refuse to do them. I will not do them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I won't. Yeah, see that that's my opinion. I've had people ask and I've had a lot of people, minors ask for tattoos and then uh, unless it's a really, really, really nice face tattoo, I I just can't bring myself to do it. Hmm. Um, But I've tattooed one Confederate flag in my day. Um, that was when I was kind of a young tattooer and I was still, you know, believing in the whole, I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm just a a servant of the people, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that was the last time I did that. (laughs) That was the last time I did that. I've definitely had some requests. I was like, nah, I'm good. I will cover them. Yeah, I'll cover them. Cover ups. I I cover up hate tattoos for free. Yep. I always offer. Yeah. I think this is a related topic and that I, you know, the, and, and like, and I won't lie, like I actually, as I was going through this, I, I it, this like occurred to me, like, what are the ethics of what it is that we're doing? And, and it is sort of interesting. It's like, what if what if you were asked, you know, to do, you know, if we classify something, hate tattoo, no way. You know what I mean? That's easy. But what if it like, what is it? What if it's a tattoo that has to do with a political ideology that you don't agree with? You know what I mean? Oh, uh, okay. All right. There I'm going to break your show. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a safe space. Someone, right. it's the internet. Though, by the, the way, the, <laughs> you are on the internet. Right? The history of the swastika is originally Sumerian, and depending on which way the forks turned, meant in on which form of energy that it would create, because it's a symbol of the galaxy. So it's either in positive rotation or negative rotation, which creates energy. Now, there was 
I don't know, some psychopath. His name was, I think, Adolf. Well, he figured this out, and then he used that symbol as part of his his people's wardrobe to benefit them, which they were doing horrific things. And so now this very magnificent symbol that represents the flow of old solar systems and the galaxy and, you know, all of that uh, now can't be used or put anywhere. The original case of cultural appropriation. Yes. (laughs) So... So, yeah. That's I thought that was the Buddha symbol. Which one? I thought it was a Buddhist symbol. Uh, it's tied in Buddhism, too. Uh, okay. I am of the belief that there was a huge disaster about 13,000 years ago. And kind of we mm-hmm. did a wee bit of a reset. And we used to be a little more. Uh, we were technologically advanced enough that we communicated with everybody. And I believe the symbology is more sacred geometry and it was universal versus just Sumerian. The oldest, the oldest one I could find was through Sumerian culture because that dates back to 350,000 years on the Kingstone. Hmm. It's true. But Zachariah Sitchin, um, his father found that yada, yada, yada. Anyway. Nice. Sorry. Nerd. No, don't apologize. That's I mean that's fascinating and that's you know exactly the you know it's a um like if if someone was very devout in their Buddhist practice and they really needed that they really needed the the swastika in the way that you know that that means the in the direction where it means positivity and it means like you know it's like it's almost like yeah well that's kind of a that's a that's a that's a religious iconography you know but of mm-hmm. course it's like it could be the it could be the religion of uh you know it pops up in inca and mayan uh culture as well certainly mm-hmm. um could, it's all over the place mm-hmm. well is uh you know like in teaching teaching people how to you know do like design works tessellations and certain you know sort of repeating patterns and stuff it will pop up <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like oh Absolutely. i didn't intend it you know if you kind of repeat something four times you can have this you, you know it's like this <laughs> uh this subconscious you know uh um swastika thing pops up <laughs> you know so you have to you know you have to be on a watch out for it but mm-hmm. anyway it, it, there is like there's a certain way when it's very direct it's very you know it's like it's meant to to be um Again, to sort of symbolize uh, the you know German fascism from the from the thirties and stuff, and, and it's terrible. Right. But again, there it there's a there's a certain whatever your political uh, leanings are, you may sort of find that you're you're tasked to do something that like you don't agree with. Where's the line there? You know what I mean? Like, where is the Where's the edge? And I think that's a, that's a conversation for another, another day. But I, you know, I think that, uh, I, I, I'm so grateful that all of you came, showed up and, you know, talked about this very challenging subject. Um, you know, yeah, I know that it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because it's like, it's not exactly art, but it's like, we're talking, we're like right on the edge 
you know what I mean, about art. And I, you know, so I, I do think that it's, there's a value to it. And, uh, you know, so if, again, so if anybody, if you're still watching us at this point, you better like and subscribe so you can get more of this. Because <laughs> we do this stuff all the time. It's we, the good stuff. Yeah. We get, we get like uh, into the weeds all the time, right? We're always talking about things that are whatever interests us. And I do like to kind of let it, you know, I like, I like to hear what you all have to say about these things because it gives me more insight into what I think about stuff, you know, just being honest. Cause I, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's so challenging to even, you know, to even know what it is that we're, we're up to, but having your community of people that you can, you know, sort of turn to and um, bounce ideas off get their get their sort of reactions to things that i think is that's magic that's valuable so thank you all so much uh for doing this why don't we uh, yeah, oh yeah thanks for having me of course no it's it's my pleasure as always and i'm you know so i'm grateful i'm grateful to you for coming i'm grateful um for this uh for this opportunity to talk about these things um if we could i have a um question yeah. before we go um <clears throat> i've really been searching for some uh novels about artists like just store like books about just artists living their lives and maybe you know because uh I, there was one book i read it was so good it was it's called oil and marble and um it's it's a it's about the contemporaries between uh it's about michelangelo and leonardo da vinci and it's a it's fiction but it's historical fiction and uh oh my god <laughs> it was just so good um and i'm just like why isn't there why aren't there more books like this you know like uh i don't know if do you guys know of any I do know of um, so another another book about Michelangelo. It's called The Agony and the Ecstasy. Ooh. Ever heard of this book? I, I, I heard of it. Sounds sounds familiar, but I'm not right there. Well, it's it's a, it's the story of Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel, and so mm. you know Michelangelo was a sculptor. That's how we, you know, he's like, I'm a sculptor. That's what I do. You know, he sculpted the David and all this, you know. But the Pope was interesting because at that time, the Pope was actually more of a, you know, more of a dictator. You know, it was like, he was like the, you know, the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it was like, a, it was very much a general commanded legions of, you know, soldiers and stuff. And they were conquesting, right? So, um so he, told Mike, he told Michelangelo, you're going to paint the, the ceiling of my, my chapel. <laughs> and so it's an amazing story. Um, it's a oh, very long know. book. It's, you know, it's a very, very long book. Um, the only other, the only other thing that I could potentially recommend. 33 hours. Good God. Yeah. It, there's a movie too. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, no, a, yeah there is a movie. Um, I, I forget who plays Michelangelo. It might be like charlton heston or something like that but um 
the only other book that I could sort of recommend that's very interesting. It is, it's more of a history. It's, uh, it's called the, the power of art. It's by uh, historian Simon Shama. So it goes through the lives of, uh, of, of artists. There are a few artists that he, uh, that he talks about. And so, um, he talks about, uh, Caravaggio. I believe he talks about, he may, he may talk about Bernini as well. I know that he talks about, uh, Jacques-Louis David. If you've ever heard of this person, the very famous portrait of Napoleon rearing up on the horse. You've probably seen that one. It's, it's so it's like, it's French neoclassical Neoclassicism. Right. From the air. So this is from the era of the French Revolution. It's fascinating time. And, and so to, and to hear this story, not only about like this person, but how he, as an artist, navigated this particular moment in history. Very fascinating. Um, he talks about Vincent Van Gogh. Very like, is you know everybody's fascinated with Van Gogh, of course. It's such a tragic story. We love his work now. His life was terrible. <laughs> you know, it's like this is terrible life. You know, but he, but I didn't know that he shot himself. I I didn't know like I, I didn't know that he could pretty much committed suicide. Like, what the fuck? Like, I just knew he cut his ear off and gave it to that girl. You know what I'm saying? But yep. There's a, there's uh, a, go ahead, Amber. What were you saying? The girl was his cousin. <laughs> That's right. Oh, God. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> there's a theory that, like, it was actually a, uh, there was, there was a, these group or two boys or something like that, you know, that, that it was actually, they were playing with a gun and they shot Van Gogh in the stump because it was in the stomach. He got shot mm-hmm, with himself. Mm-hmm. But the theory is that these these young boys actually shot him sort of accidentally. Oh shit! And that he just decided that he wasn't going to ruin their lives. He was a good guy, Van Gogh. He was like, oh, I did it, you know. What I mean? <laughs> you know, it's like it took him days to die, terrible, painful suffering, like you couldn't imagine. Couldn't imagine, mm-hmm. and um, I will never know. That sounds like some bullshit. That sounds like we'll no, no, he probably did it. He, he could have, like he, he could have done it, but I mean, like, why would you shoot yourself in the stomach? I don't know. It's you know, again, it's, like, it's not, it's not, clear yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a pretty painful way to go. <laughs> I couldn't imagine it. I couldn't imagine it. It's terrible. Um, and the other person that is in this book is uh. Mark Rothko. Ooh. Does so anybody like Rothko in here? Yeah. So I discovered one. Rothko when I was doing I was like, what the fuck is this? What is it? It's uh the um color field art. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Like, Fascinating story about his life anyway so you're looking for books about that i i I definitely want to recommend that i want to say what's up to hector salazar tattoos um if you're still with us uh thanks for thanks for being in the chat hector says i have seen clients bounce back from serious depressions through tattoo sessions good talk y'all thank you hector so much i'm so glad that you also related to our conversation i you know i think that 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 means the world Absolutely. Really, 
It means so much. Yeah, uh, thanks, Hector. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah. Well, I definitely want to uh, sort of like, we should wrap it up for the day. It's time to get to work, everybody. We got, <laughs> we got work to do um, and we got drawings to make. Cause we, you know, cause again, we've got, uh, we have our work and that is the, it's, that's the suffering that we, that we really desire, right? <laughs> is our, is our work, you know, it's the, it's, it's the real, um, that's the real thing. So anyway, um, I, I definitely want to, uh, again, express my gratitude for everybody. Thank you, chat. It was great to hear from everybody in the chat. Good morning to Gabe Ripley. So glad you could be here. Hey, uh, Gabe. Good morning, Gabe. Thanks for everything. Gabe, I'm going to see you later this week at the um, High Lifestyle Show. Can't wait for that. Um, that's in Massachusetts. So if you're close to Massachusetts, you should come. It'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, everybody, let's let, we could do some quick sign-offs and then we, you know, we'll wrap it up. Uh, Creature, say what's up to the to the internet for us. Howdy, y'all. Thanks for inviting me today. Uh, it's been fantastic. It's one of the best shows I come into. Um, I always look forward to every single uh, topic that's reviewed. I learn things every week. Tune in to this show. I recommend it. Um, Creatures Cave. There's there's a few of us hanging out here, so we're all watching. And uh, thanks again. Nice to see everybody. Um, Amber, Spirit, Jason. Yeah. I see you in the comments. So, uh, Mr. Wisdom, have a lovely week, and I'll see you next week, sir. Thank you so much, Creature. It's a pleasure getting to hear your, uh, you know, your insights into this, too. Thanks for the book recommendations and all that. So uh, feel free to jump in anytime. Um, Spirit, let's have you. You're next on, my, next on my feed here. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Spirit. You can find me at tattoosbyspirit.com, tattoosbyspirit on our, uh, Instagram, and tattoosbyspirit on TikTok. And I appreciate you, James, for having this class every Monday. Uh, I get a lot out of it. I just very just very much enjoy uh, joining you, you very beautiful people um, <clears throat> and getting to talk art. And um, oh, question, question. Hey James, do you ever want to um give give any like art history homework? Sure. No, I think that would that'd be wonderful. I mean, uh oh. So some <laughs> so like here's the here was something that uh, that I always found fascinating. I, I used to work uh, for a guy. He was was a very like old school dude, and he was into he was into a couple people. Um, but he so two of the two of the artists that he really was interested in, Sailor Jerry mm -hmm. and Stony Sinclair. So I would say I would say check out these two. You know what I mean? If any if you want to do some 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 diving in, I would love to, you know, like if you if you like looked into them a little bit, we could, you know, we could always chit chat about tattooers and then of course we could do some other you know we could we can always Sailor keep it going Josh. what's that amber say that one more time love Sailor Sailor jerry flash art i just love it it's a fascinating story and uh there i think one of the things that i thought was so interesting was 
like if you read Sailor Jerry's book, he's he's there's a lot of overt racism <laughs> in the way he sort of the way he behaves, the way he talks about people. But then he actually like he is the one who connected Western tattooing with Japanese tattooing specifically. Yeah, he, he evolved. I think so in a certain in a certain respect. I mean, he was in World War II, you know what I mean? And so and it was and it's a different generation, it's a different time, not making excuses, but that it does add context. But he did this connection. He made this connection to, you know, the, the sort of the beginnings of at least in the in the tattoo world. There's always been colonizers from the West who have like exploited tattoos and like, you know, sort of like use them as this, I don't know, this curiosity. But Sailor Jerry seemed to, you know, he had this deep abiding respect. And um, and so uh, there was a, you know, his apprentice, uh, Mike Malone, you know, had a, uh, had a tattoo shop in Chicago, Taylor Street Tattoo, still there, still like making incredible old school tattoos. So, you know, there's, so there's this lineage, right, that we have, it still, it still exists and stuff. So anyway, yeah, I, how does that sound for like some, some research project for you? That's cool. Awesome. Um, if you're looking him up, his friend, Shanghai Kate, you know, the model for all of the old school Sailor Jerry, you know, the hula girl, uh. that's, that's Shanghai Kate. Well, uh, I, unbeknownst to me at the time, I got to meet her in 2022 at Hell City. Uh, Not. I, oh, didn't wow. know that was, I didn't know that was her. And I spent, oh, I don't know, about 10, 15 minutes chatting with her. She asked me a million questions. She was an absolutely amazing woman. And then she had just, uh, she had passed away uh, not too long ago. Last year, I believe. Yeah. Um, but I didn't even know that was her until somebody said she had passed away and they had posted it on, uh, I, I don't know which one of the reinventing uh, reviews it was. Maybe it was ta the Tattoo Weekly show, but they, they pulled her picture up and I was like, wait a minute. I, I, I know her. I remember face as well. So I'm like, I, 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 what? I didn't even get her autograph. Uh, anyway, but... There's more. Well, Sorry. Yeah, no, that was great. And, and uh, Shanghai Kate was, uh, was interviewed by Reinventing's uh, own Kyle Bernstein. So there's a, yeah. you know, that was, um, you know, I do remember that. And I do remember her passing. And, it, you know, it is, uh, it, I think it's wonderful that, again, it, you know, there's been some documentation that's been, you know, um, it's been compiled here. Reinventing, and so in the future, this is going to be an archive of of tattoo history itself, too. Also, and I think that's also very cool. You know, we're part of that. Uh, Andre Malcolm Studio with the uh, with the sophisticated um, emoji. Thank you so much for tuning in, Andre Malcolm. That's awesome. Um, Amber, let's get your sign offs. Thank you so much for coming. It's been so great to to see you again, and I'm so glad you're doing good. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And today's topic was awesome. I enjoyed this discussion so much. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that uh, I was inspired 
to talk about this, you know, because I know this is something that you're so interested in. And I knew that we were going to, you know, it was, I wanted to have this conversation with everybody, but especially with you. So I'm really, I'm really grateful that you came and that you, you know, you gave us so much of your, so much of your spirit today into this topic. So um, tell us where we can find you and how we can get hold of you. On all social media sites under Amber Morgan. That's excellent. Well, again, uh, I also appreciate you sharing your, your journey with us and, and talking about how your, you know, your, your next, your next steps potentially, as far as what it is you're going to be getting into. Um, yeah. So uh, I can't wait to see what happens next. And, uh, and then, yes. And then someone's going to write your book, right? The book about your, your art journey. You know what I mean? I think that's going to be. Somebody um, else is going to write it because I don't have time. <laughs> right. That's what, that's what we all need. We need somebody to write our, you know, to write about us, right? Because we're too busy doing it. Yeah. <laughs> we're too busy. We're too busy doing this thing. So, uh, but anyway, thank you all again so much. Um, I'm James Wisdom. This has been Drawing for Tattooers. Uh, if, if you are still here, like and subscribe again. Um, thank you again for everybody for coming. Uh, happy drawing. And we'll see you next stream.